Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about the evolving role of deception in the new normal, and I'm speaking with Carolyn Crandall. She's the Chief Deception Officer and CMO with the TiVo Networks. Carolyn, such a pleasure to talk with you again. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Carolyn, enterprises now are almost suddenly supporting 100% remote workforces or close to it. How are you seeing cybersecurity organizations adapt to this sudden need? You know, initially, I think everybody's really focused on just getting uh, all the workers online. You know, this is new. Many states are still evolving, uh, evolving to it. Um, at this point, I don't think all states. I think mean, there's about 20 that have not moved to a stay-at-home mandate. But as organizations are uh, continuing to move towards needing to shelter at home, uh, set up remote workers, it's really causing organizations to take a look at what they have for infrastructure. Are they going to be operating in a SaaS environment, a full VPN, a split VPN, um, you know, and then thinking through the, the consequences behind it, right? If they were all of a sudden taking everybody through a complete backhaul to their organization, do they have the bandwidth, the equipment, software to do things like that? Um, if they need to shift to a split VPN, um, you know, how are they going to make adjustments to their security in doing so? Um, you know, what controls do they even have in SaaS environments um, that they would have typically had if people were logging in from within the corporate network? And so, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of new considerations that the security teams are being faced with and having to, to flip the switch on almost overnight. And, and again, once I think people start to get through just uptime, right? How do we get employees up and running? Then it's going to be a quick turn to think about uh, about the security piece of it. Carolyn, what are some of the specific pain points you're hearing about from your customers now? You know, once they get past the operational and services uptime piece of it, they're starting to think about what are the changes to the security. So I mentioned earlier the um, the point about split VPNs and. You know, if you think about coming through that, a lot of the typical web filtering, firewalls, IDS, IPS systems are not going to work like they used to. A lot of the traditional baselines that they had for looking at anomalous behavior are um, no longer going to be effective because everything has changed. And then also having these folks coming in uh, through VPN, um, it becomes very difficult to pinpoint the source of an attack. And so... These are things that, that, again, once people get past the, the basic uptime piece of it, that they're thinking through, how do I not now have a weakness through my VPN infrastructure that could be exploited by these attackers? And then on the second piece is even if they're moving to a SaaS or a cloud-based operation, that brings uh, a different set of security concerns into play. And do their current detection controls work the way that they need them to um, within these new operating environments? So I just, I, you know, I, I've seen a lot of change. You know, initially, first couple of weeks when people had to change, it was, it was that uptime. And now we're starting to get more calls of people going, okay, this may be going longer than we think. Uh, we need to put something that's more sustainable into place. And um, looking at some of the deficiencies with the current architectures that they need to, to close the gaps on. You mentioned the attackers. How are you seeing the adversaries adapt to this new remote workforce? Well, of course, the obvious is that phishing emails have skyrocketed. <laughs> I think I've heard, you know, increases of like 600% or so since the beginning of the year. And so, you know, unfortunately, the attackers are um, exploiting the situation. Um, you know, they're definitely trying to get people to 
you know, click on things that they shouldn't. Um, attackers are, are clearly going to target this uh, VPN infrastructure as a new attack vector. And, and it's been an existing one, but now the opportunity is, is exponentially greater. The other thing that we're seeing is, again, we, we talk about attackers being very uh, cunning and very patient. And so they're using these opportunities as well to get access into things. So if they can get a man-in-the-middle attack to steal credentials and theft, if they can do some active directory reconnaissance by using uh, these paths to get into the organization, we're definitely seeing that. And we're also seeing an increase in ransomware attacks against the uh, healthcare and research communities. Um, it's very unfortunate and <laughs> truly in the word of criminal that they're doing that. But again, anytime that they think they can monetize something, they're going to target it. So, so unfortunately, those ransomware attacks have dramatically increased as well. Well, let's talk about deception technology then. In this landscape, how are you seeing deception used to mitigate some of these new risks? Well, and it's interesting. We, we have always had you know, detection as, as an obvious use case and even some things around VPN and SaaS credentials being a part of the product and solution. And so part of the process was first talking to customers and making sure that they were using the full functionality of the solution. And then the second was going out to uh, organizations that may be new to deception and, and helping them understand how we can help with that network reconnaissance detection man-in-the-middle visibility to, again, detect those credentials in transit theft, and then also uh, SAS credential modeling, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> monitoring is another, um, another thing that deception platforms can do. And that's a very basic level. And what makes that piece interesting is a lot of that can be a completely cloud-based offering, because one of the other challenges we're finding is hey, I can't take on any new equipment. I don't even have people in my offices right now. So how do I deploy new layers of security that I don't need to go on-premise to do? And so the things that I just talked about there are things that people can do all remotely as far as the deployment or operate within the cloud. And then for others that are able to do um, a little bit more sophistication, um, they can enhance their endpoint protection by putting in uh, decoy VPN credentials, uh, decoy SaaS credentials, uh, public cloud credentials, and then they can also do um, some really interesting things around redirecting or misdirecting active directory attacks, where it can actually feed them back fake AD information that only leads them back into a decoy environment. And so, again, a couple of different layers or depths of security that organizations can add in, but these will definitely help reduce the risk associated to, uh, to remote working. Carol, you made a very good point a few minutes ago when you talked about the growing realization that this could be more long-term than we might have initially thought. So as you look at the weeks ahead, perhaps the months ahead, what are some of the trends that you're going to be paying particular attention to? Yeah, and obviously we're all tracking the number of, of attacks, especially those that are coming from a compromised remote uh, system, right? So you know, how much of a reality is, is this going to be for increasing our, our risk, you know, and, and it'll help companies understand, you know, is it something that they can stay with what they have or do they really need to make some changes sooner than later? They need to take a look at their current security controls and do an assessment, right? Just even if you were using things like NIST or MITRE attack frameworks and you have everything all mapped out, did you really map it out sufficiently when it comes to your remote workers and, and making sure that if there is any fail or bypass that happens there, are the right controls in, in place to be able to detect early. And, and early is a big piece because if you can catch them early, 
you're going to stop a bigger mess that will have to be uh, cleaned up afterwards to make sure you threat hunt and eradicate and prevent it from being able to come back. Other things you know, that I think we're looking out for are uh, ransomware attacks against the healthcare and research community. You know, obviously, there's an opportunity to get a quick ransomware payout if people want to go um, and restore quickly back to operations or if they feel like they can get a jump on any of this new research coming out and, and monetize that. We just, you know, we know that the criminals are out there looking for opportunities to do this. So we'll obviously be watching these baselines and trends. We will, as a company, also be looking at ways that our technology is being used, um, make sure we share those uh, use cases and make it easy for people to be able to adopt into them so that they can be up and running. Um, quickly. We mentioned before, you know, deception can be up and running in an hour for companies, and many times that's enough to get them by to at least give them more time to complete a more uh, extensive assessment of their security controls and then over time continue to close those gaps. Well said. Carolyn, I always enjoy talking with you. Thank you so much for taking time to share some of your observations today. No, thank you again. It's, uh, you know, our, our role right now is really just help educate people on on what they can do to reduce their risks, you know, in this changed climate of, of remote workers. And so um, anything that we can do as a company to, uh, to keep the cyber criminals at bay um, is what we love to do. So uh, happy to help out in any way we can. Excellent. Thank you so much. Again, I've been talking with Carolyn Crandall. She's Chief Deception Officer and CMO with the TiVo Networks. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.